gotcha. full okay. review of whatever the heck this is. Uh, oh, hello. Every, look, we have guests, everyone. Everyone say hi. Hello. Uh, my name is Chris. Uh, I'm a filmmaker from Nashville, Tennessee. Pleased to meet you. And uh, I'm a car that transforms into a truck. I'm Rick- Again. <laughs> Five times. Mm-hmm. I'm Rick Fox, and I'm an aspiring author, and I don't care. That's such a cop out. Pick Man, something every time. I knew I, I should have done it. You could even go with like, "I'm a movie that I, transforms into a turd." I, like you could literally <laughs> do anything. I am Mark Wahlberg's cra- skin crawling metal condom. Wow. All right. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. Thanks. I'm Josh Birch, <laughs> an analyst here in Nashville, and um, I am the last night. I'm Binge. I'm also an analyst here in Nashville, and I am the sad, sad, depressing moment in Sir Anthony Hopkins' career. Oh, and we're opinionated. Transformers The Last Night. It's also the last episode of Bayhem. Thank for the time God. being. God. Transformers The Last Night has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by Michael Bay, of course, and it stars Mark Wahlberg, Laura Haddock, Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Sir. Hopkins, my mistake. Uh <laughs> Isabella Moner, Josh Duhamel, and Tyrese Gibson. Humans and Transformers are at war. Optimus Prime is gone. The key to saving our future lies buried in the secrets of the past in the hidden history of Transformers on Earth. So this is going to be a uh, this movie is in theaters, but it's also going to be a full on review because we've already watched every other episode in the Transformers series. So we're going to give this a star rating at the end, but we're going to keep the first half of this to be uh, still spoiler free. So if you want to go see the movie in theaters and you don't want it spoiled for you, you are able to. Uh, And then there will be a clearly defined break where we will start getting into spoiler filled territory. And we're just going to, this it's the podcast will transform if you will. Hey, Oh, Hey, Oh, but guys, what, what were your thoughts going into transformers the last night we've watched, we've enjoyed all of these transformers films together over the past couple weeks revisiting the franchise what what were your hopes from the last night survival <laughs> <laughs> oh you wanted the series to survive too okay no i i was really just not looking forward to this series like to this movie in the series whatsoever like i saw I was like oh say anthony hopkins this has got to be like somewhat better right I mean, they had Spock last time, and that didn't help. Eh, but he was—he was. No, wait, that wasn't last time. That was the was, time before last. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was the time last time was simply, I think, the inclusion of Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg and Stanley and the, Tucci. <laughs> yeah, the inclusion of Mark Wahlberg and the uh, retraction or reduction of Shia LaBeouf. Josh, tell us what you thought. Okay, before I saw the trailer for this movie, I had hoped that this movie would do well and be entertaining because, at least from the last one, I enjoyed seeing the robot dinosaurs fight around, and although it wasn't a great movie, there were still entertaining pieces to it. And so I said, you know, they kept the robot dinosaurs, which means, fingers crossed, they're going to be in the next one. I hope that we can at least get some more entertaining bits out of it. I've never expected Transformers movies to be good, but, you know, hopefully they can still be fun to watch. Uh, That was until I saw 
the trailer and the trailer made it look terrible they sent it back to this whole like knights of the round table theme and the movie's called the last night and you can see from the trailer that apparently optimus prime is going to be a bad guy in this one the whole thing just looked like it was gonna stink although initially i'd hoped it would do well i did not have high hopes for it going in I, I would say that I'd proportionately high hopes. Like, I did not expect it to be great in the same way that I've already seen four episodes of this series and they have not been great. But I, since we did the Fast and Furious series, have become somewhat of a Fast and Furious apologist. And it sort of took that franchise five movies to get it right, too. So I thought maybe this fifth installment might breathe fresh air into the franchise. And I saw Sir Anthony Hopkins. There's stuff with swords. I don't know. I kind of like all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, thought, I, I was hopeful. And I, I thought I didn't think the trailer actually looks that bad. Really? I, I, thought, I, I thought the trailer at least looked promising. And the fact that I thought it visually, this would be a much cleaner movie than some of the previous ones. Sure. Here's my problem that I have with it. From what we've seen, Michael Bay has tried to take the feel of his movies into a more serious and more serious tone, when really what it needs to be is like a goofy action romp for these characters. And that's not what it is at all. And this trailer was like, you could tell from the get-go that he was, again, trying to make these robots that transform into cars and boom boxes and ceiling fans and whatever else. He's going to try and make this super serious and steeped in all this lore and mythos. It doesn't need that, man. It's got enough as it is that can still be lighthearted and fun. I mean, it is a movie about robots turning into cars. Yeah, I could see I could see why you'd have that response. And honestly, that's probably the most sane response possible because none of these other movies have been good up to this point either. But anyway, we all just saw the movie. So, spoiler free, what did y'all think? It was terrible. Oh my gosh. Look, I'm not even, okay, of us here on the podcast, I'm the one who's most likely to give credence to a terrible movie because I rate things on how much I enjoy them, how much fun I can have watching it, even if it's bad. This was not entertaining or enjoyable at any point in the movie. I think the most fun I had was making remarks to you guys about how bad the movie was but even that was grimacing as you watch this thing slowly trip over itself it was not fun uh, yeah it was i i'm a little sideswiped by how bad it really was i'm still sort of beside myself and to me in a way ironically it, it does have that element of bad movie night bad where i feel like if you had the right drinking game it could be really fun <laughs> but even then it's hard to imagine because that's not the circumstance we were watching it in we we're watching it in a theater trying to treat it like an objective piece of art and it did not meet any metric whatsoever <laughs> for good at all. I mean, I think even that's a stretch. I appreciate bad uh, the, movies. Some of the one-liners are one so just, atrocious. It's because it I had no so seriously. I had no response but to laugh at several of the things that happened in this movie. And I'm not going to give that laugh, points the like way I grade laugh. it. Yeah, like, well, that's sort of why. It's almost Sharknadoing a little bit. But even then, it's not funny enough to be compared to Sharknado. So. The only drinking game that I can imagine making this movie bearable is when the movie starts to drink until you pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. But the sad thing is you will wake up and the movie will still, still be, be going. going. 
it, it does feel like way longer than it actually is yeah. because it's just so boring. boring. It's, yeah, it's so, so boring. boring. It's just like we're shown and introduced to like five new characters that they're immediately gotten rid of within 10 minutes of this grandiose introduction. Like, and the it, last the last movie we watched, we had the complaint. It has a climax too early. It feels like it could have been three movies. This is that times 10. It felt so much like they were starting plots and then threw those plots away and moved on to something else, then started something else, then threw that plot away and just kept building off of nothing on top of nothing until right. it just sort of stopped at a screeching halt. I liked how we kept some of these same characters that were in previous iterations of Transformers. It's like, oh, well, we have Optimus and Bumblebee, but everybody else has been killed. And so now they have to bring in new people. And we kept some of these same characters from last time. Some of the, that actually had some character to them, but it's just this movie. <laughs> I don't know if you can call an accent some character, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> they had characters and they like I recognize you as somebody completely different and completely of unique. completely different Samurai guy isn't even the same color in this one. Is he like, not? No, he was blue so. in the last one. He's no. red in the... They can't even keep their stuff consistent. Yeah. It's maybe he was rusted. No. 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 Maybe he just got a paint job. He could have yeah, had sure. cars get me <laughs> What's all the, the point? Time. Yeah, he's Asian, <laughs> so it's, it's obvious oh, that's that he's the, to he's sell more toys. I color. guess, and and that's what it feels. It feels like this movie was generated just to make toys. Which do, do, which, do they which, even sell toys? I, I don't, oh, they I feel do. Like I've oh, never yeah. seen is, like the movie's yes, version of yes, these. Oh, they toys. sell toys like Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. Not all the extra characters no, they, that no, they feel they like really do. Yeah, no, all of those are are big toys. And it's and it's a little on the nose to complain about it being just to make toys seeing as you could argue that that was the entire point of transformers from the get-go right they were toys first anyway weren't they that could be the case and they wrote a comic book it. around them then they made the tv show i think what stands out to me the most is if you guys have ever seen the youtube every frame of painting oh one uh, of my favorite series right uh, and th this is a guy who goes and does he does brief video essays on different aspects of film theory and he's got one where he talks about Michael Bay and how Michael Bay doesn't know why he thinks certain camera shots and angles are really cool. He knows that they feel cool to him, but he doesn't know how to apply those effectively. So what he does is he just throws them all in whenever he can. Right. Every shot should be a cool shot because who doesn't like seeing cool shots in movies? And I feel like in this movie, he takes that idea and applies it to everything. Right. He doesn't know why certain he doesn't know why swords are cool. He doesn't or, know why swords are cool or certain certain he lines know, are funny. He doesn't, he doesn't know, know why some things are funny. He doesn't know oh, why two man. friends fighting is an interesting dynamic and something that can have dramatic stakes. Right. Yeah. He just knows that when he's seen that in other movies, he's like, wow, that resonates with me. And I think that's really awesome. And I want to put that in my movies. But because he doesn't realize why it works, he just throws it in. And, and that happens throughout this entire movie is you'll get one liners that in a different movie, in a different setting, with different characters, that line could have been really funny. It just needs to be delivered by a different actor. Sure, but because it's thrown in here, it it lands completely flat. It feels totally out of place. It ruins the pacing of scenes, and it feels like that. But for everything, for the action, for the comedy, for the one-liners that are constantly being spouted off, it feels like it's this mishmash of things that Michael Bay has said. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. All of these need to be in my next movie. He's just such a horrible visual storyteller. He's got 
a good knack for wrangling together a very large crew and a large budget and being able to make something that the investors will want to see and that will sell toys. But he's just not good at telling a coherent story and following characters from the beginning to the end. And it, I mean, I don't even know if it's that he's so not good bad. at it. He, he just clearly does not. He <laughs> just clearly doesn't care. It, do, it doesn't seem to be on his Fair radar. Enough. He has been criticized for this for literally over a decade and it does not matter. I just don't think that he cares about storytelling at all he just thinks okay i can do literally anything and as long as i don't show a boob i'll make all the money i think he just doesn't understand i don't think it's that he doesn't care i think it's that he doesn't grasp where the critiques are coming from right because he says i make movies that 12 year olds will think are cool or 15 year olds will think are cool right because he's like man this is That's all such stuff. a deflection well though. but but like, it's, but it's hey these are all things that i found really awesome at that age he he doesn't understand that we're not critiquing him because he has so many explosions in his movies. We're critiquing him because those explosions don't mean anything and they're just gratuitous. You can have a whole lot of explosions in a movie and it be cool and it be impactful. But the way that he uses them isn't. And I don't think that he understands that critique. So to bring it back towards this movie specifically, are there any positive points y'all would like to call out at all? There were a few jokes that I legitimately laughed at and thought were legitimately funny. Uh, that were delivered well and made me giggle. There were a couple of images that if I screenshotted, I would think, okay, I can put this on the back of my computer and it'll be a fine wallpaper. I genuinely enjoyed Anthony Hopkins' performance, not his character so much, but I mean, he just carries a great charisma on screen. Even when he's not trying at all, he does a pretty good I, job. I felt bad for him every moment he was on screen. I couldn't genuinely enjoy anything about this movie. I could, he was probably I, handsomely I could probably paid. ironically... <laughs> he should have been <laughs> to be in a movie like this. Like uh, Most yeah. of the visuals were really good, mm -hmm. I thought. Some of the way that the scenes were shot as far as like in the castles and in some of the other locations that might be a little bit spoilery but the visuals of them were really good and i enjoyed the first like 15 20 seconds of the movie in this like epic like the, vi the visuals of the battles the visuals are aesthetically pleasing but they do nothing to serve anything about the movie itself nothing about the story is served by those visuals and by maybe 20 minutes okay. in you are just the prettiness of those visuals escapes you because of how dull what they are attempting to convey is. I, I completely agree with that. I would also say, though, that I did find the the last action piece, although it wasn't satisfying as an action scene, I did find it very imaginative. Mm -hmm. I had never really seen anything like that. And I thought that in a way that was really cool because that was a unique experience I got from the movie that I haven't really got from something else. It just looked really interesting. It was uh, unique. There were still several things that bothered me with it. Oh, 100%. It, it, it's in general a horrible scene. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, okay. But All I right. liked the... I, I could not write it down on paper what is happening because it is so imaginative visually like just the concept of what's going on it was cool set piece i guess is what i how i'd put it mm -hmm. but it wasn't put together well sure it was a cool idea for set piece but it wasn't put together well which i think is a lot of what michael bay's problem is is that he walks into a this will look cool store fires a shotgun and then uses all those pieces and the rubble and tries yeah the rubble and just like, says like, something together like oh all these things are cool so i'm gonna pull all these and put them in a movie because I think they're going to be cool and there's no coherence. It's like, no, there has to be a flow to things. There has to be, these things have to be connected. And he doesn't realize that. He just like 
says, this is cool. I want this in my movie. I don't care how it's in there. And then we get this. We we want <laughs> we want characters. We want to experience a story. We want to see the cool things happen to characters we care about. Yeah. And there's none of that in this movie. There's well, not a single character who is more than a cardboard cutout that spouts lines. There's no coherence to them. They don't have anything like a narrative arc. I, characters drop in and out of the movie at random for no apparent reason. There's entire segments of the movie where a character will be gone for a long time and then just pop back up like, hey, I... I am here now again. Do you care about me this time? No. Okay. Well, I'll be quiet. Maybe. No, I won't. Well, I I disagree with that. Like, I can watch a movie and be entertained by a movie that doesn't have any great character development as long as it's a good action movie. Give me an example. Expendables. Okay. I enjoyed those. There isn't any real characters there or real is, character though, de- development. I really. would disagree with you on that. And my disagreement stems from the fact that most of those people are playing caricatures, obviously, of the people that they have played over the years. Like Jason Statham's character. He is being a, a caricature of Jason Statham characters. He's he's doing a he's doing something with that piece that ties into the things that he's done before. And even in those movies, there is actually a character to what he is doing. He's having some conflict with uh, Stallone's character, that kind of thing. That's going on. There's nothing like that in this movie. I, I am not going to necessarily disagree with that, but I don't go to a movie like that for character development. And that's that's just extra that I don't I, really care about I'm or not, need. I'm not saying that it has to be an amazing piece of character. That's that's mm-hmm. not what I'm trying to say. Because there are a lot of movies that don't have amazing pieces of character that I still greatly enjoy. But the, the narrative basics of story still are observed in good stories like that. There are conflicts between characters. There are actual, actual conflicts going on and not just plot points being delivered and spout it at you and then people running to the next plot point. That's that's two very different things. And that is one of the massive flaws about most of Michael Bay's movies. I would say that if you're if you're telling a conventional story, it's an absolutely a necessity. Like you have to have good characters. Like if, if you're not doing something conventional, if you're doing something that's maybe a little more experimental, if you're doing something that's a little more, uh, I, I want to try this idea. I want to see if it works out. Then this is, I don't think it's a necessity because then it's about the concept. But Michael Bay is clearly going for conventional action movies. He's not doing unique new things. He he's just trying to tell three act narratives that end in end of the world or city wiping scenarios with characters that are coming to a head and getting in conflict and it never works. In my opinion, this is one of the most egregious example in this franchise of just that being awful. And it, that's amazing to me because I felt like that was one of the only strong compliments I gave the last entry and is that I liked the characters for the most part in the last one and uh, in Age of Extinction I kind of liked the characters I didn't like all of them but sure. it was a huge step up and now we've gone 20 steps back and I just find it amazing that a lot of them are played by the same people and it's just what it's it's I mean, confounding to me in the last movie a lot of there was a lot of uh, interpersonal conflict going on the the dad was not like in the girl's boyfriend he and the the daughter had some interesting conflict going on with how she wanted to live her life and how he wanted to raise her there's things like that going on between characters in that movie and there's none of that in this movie there's not even lip service paid to it there's like a brief emotional if you want to say it scene with Isabella Moner and uh, Mark Wahlberg's character at the very beginning. At the and very beginning, that character 
almost immediately after that disappears for at least an hour. But they actually do put that into the story so that there is a reason why she is not there. But there's not a reason she should be in this movie. Exactly. Like she could easily be excised from the movie and it would make no difference. I feel that way about like every single third of the cast. Yeah. It's so bad. This movie is chock full of brand new characters, and I'd say almost the majority of them shouldn't be in it. Villains, good guys, it doesn't matter. Just characters in general. He introduces so many new ones that shouldn't be in the movie. All they do is clog it up. I think that we have pretty much reached the point where we can give recommendations and then get into spoilers. Sure. Why don't you start us off, Rick? I don't recommend this crap. No, okay. I could never recommend this crap. I was uh, playing around on Facebook making derisive comments during this movie. During? Yeah, during. <laughs> and I don't feel that I missed any significant part of the movie. One of the things that someone asked me is, doesn't it have any redeeming features? And I said, no, nothing can redeem this movie. And I stand by that statement. This movie is the worst of the worst. Do not go see it. Please do not spend money on this. Please, because this franchise and Michael Bay's career need to die. So usually when you say nothing can redeem this movie, (laughs) it's a fair amount of hyperbole. Or even if you don't mean it hyperbolically, like the rest of us are kind of like, all right, Rick, you're going a little overboard with it. Like, it's bad, but I've I've never been hyperbolic in my life. Sure. Uh, However, I actually live in your your existence is hyperbolic. (laughs) However, I actually agree with you on this one. Like, there's no reason to ever see this movie, rent this movie or watch this movie on a plane. If you had the option of watching this movie or Racing Stripes in German, I'd rather watch Racing Stripes in German on a plane again. (laughs) Racing Stripes? Again. Zebra movie? That's a zebra movie. <laughs> I, I have a story about that that I won't go into now, but I'd rather watch that again than watch this movie on a plane. Like, oh, this movie's atrocious. There's no reason anyone should see this film. So, not recommend? No, no, I do not recommend. In fact, I recommend you do something better with your, you know, help the poor or <laughs> a- anything to. Or sit and watch paint dry it will be a more sure you should ask the poor anyway right. how bad any movie is right but no but i feel the need to do that now because i have such just a negative impact in my life right now from this movie you need to like go hug an orphan or something like something that. like that yeah how about you chris what did you think oh i didn't hate it i loathed it, <laughs> it oh was, okay All it right. was it, it was a really i I feel like of the four of us, I don't know, maybe maybe there's another name that can be thrown in this hat. I feel like I've been trying to give the franchise the most grace because it's just it's just so cool to hate Transformers. And that I is think, your personality. You do like to give movies grace whenever well, possible. Well, it's also like I think that one of the coolest things about like what we're trying to do is we're trying to honestly look at something and say, do we really think this is as bad as everyone says it is or as good as everyone says it is? And sure. I, I like to open the possibility that maybe there's just like a hype train everyone's jumped on in the case of this movie every critic is 100 right it is so unbelievably bad it absolutely like 19 percent seems high it's that bad it was uh, down to 15 percent last time i checked oh maybe it was 15 percent. i, I, I don't remember. know but it but should it is, still be going down it, it really is obscenely bad and i think that's saying something considering that it's also shorter than the last two transformers movies so it has gone really? down yeah really yeah is it's gone drag, down it, it drags so long it's two and, and a half hours oh man i, I absolutely 
do not recommend it. We'll go into a lot of specifics as to why it's bad. Uh, I would say, you know, avoid the spoiler section if you don't want it spoiled for you. But There's honestly, no point. don't it, go see this movie. Even Listen to us rant about if it. If this is the worst podcast we've ever recorded, I promise it'll be more entertaining than the last <laughs> night. Like, I, I, I would say I, this is probably the podcast of the worst movie we've ever watched. And, and it's free. You can listen to the rest of this podcast for free and not spend $10 or $15 on a movie ticket to this really bad movie. Binge, Binge, how do you feel about it? The only way I would recommend that you watch this movie is if somebody has a gun to your head saying you have to watch this movie or live. That is the only way I would recommend anybody watch this movie. You have to watch this movie or live. Or die. No, I think you got it right. I am fairly sure. Someone has this movie to your head. I have. I'm pretty sure I've died, and this is the brief reprieve I will have before going back to the hell that is watching Transformers 5. Yeah, like like I think Rick said earlier, there are a couple things where it's like, oh, that would be a cool screensaver. That is all that that is the only amount of viewing of this movie people should ever do is in like one or two screenshots. That is it. This movie is garbage. Do not waste your money or anybody else's money to go see this. And hopefully this movie does terribly. And so Michael Bay can be removed from Hollywood in general. He should have a nice retirement. Just go into retirement. Yeah. Just just live out a lot of money, Mr. Bay. Just sit back relax don't make movies and enjoy your retirement yeah, just real a lot of emphasis on the second to last thing you mentioned don't that, make movies what what don't uh, yeah i guess that was it make yeah movies. definitely that part for unless sure unless they star that, that feels right Cage and sean connery <laughs> and the rock oh the rock the too rock. that would be good <laughs> i'd be Dwayne all about Johnson that as the rock no no it's it's <laughs> it's uh nicholas cage and sean connery trying to escape from the giant body of the rock <laughs> They've done like the animated show trope where it's like, we've got to go inside them to fight the sickness or whatever. Yes. But in Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like all the white blood cells are just the Rock Johnson and just painted white and charging at them and trying to punch them. <laughs> That's a much better movie than this one. We're about to get into the spoiler portion of the podcast. There's going to be a little break and we'll be right back. We have guests. What's the matter with you? Oh, shit, my bits are falling off. Edward! What the hell? Good God. Master, he's a complete knucklehead. I'm awfully sorry about that, but, um, you see, he thinks it's still the year 1918 or 1914, something like that, isn't it? I mean, it's late onset of, um, well, robot dementia. I don't know. It's all pretty. Well, I don't know what you're smoking in that pipe, man, but what's going on here? And we're back. Oh my gosh, this movie is so bad. The movie opens, and we start talking about how fast did y'all fall off the horse here? The first thing I said to Benj was, as soon as it started showing knights on horseback, I turned to Benj and I go, this better not be King Arthur. And then it's immediately, (laughs) like, it was literally the first thing I ever said. And, like, it was literally, like, five seconds after he said that. He turns Arthur and he goes, looks over and says, Lancelot. Lancelot. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. He was like, no. Man. And like, I was on board for the first like 10, 15 seconds. Like that action scene like looked good. And I was like, I mean. There are parts of it that looked good. It didn't look 
good in the sense of this is going to be a good movie, but it might have been good in the sense of this could be an entertaining movie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I did not think this was right. going to be a good movie, but like the action as we're scrolling over and watching the full battle scene, I was they like, were, okay, this actually looks looks like it's going to be entertaining. There were so many explosions. In, in a in a knights on horseback battle, so right, many explosions. They were using catapults and I mean, their trebuchets. I mean, are they like, covered in gunpowder? So when they land, they're like, a, like I don't understand. We, I, we could, I could go for a long time about the historical inaccuracies of this scene. Sure, in the Transformers movie. Oh boy. <laughs> But okay. Uh, but the bigger problem is that it's also a really not good action okay. scene. Like I mean, it's just like it's it's an all right th- action scene. But this is the big problem with it. It cuts to Merlin, and Ooh. it oh my gosh destroys what little bit of pacing it had going immediately. The quote unquote comedy that Stanley Tucci Where he's is bumbling. doing in this thing. Yeah, his bumbling, his drinking, drunk, his like, the, like so... fast cutting between lines where it was clearly they just said, okay, just say a bunch of stuff and we'll cut together the good bits. Like none of that was funny. None of it was amusing. It was just, it killed the pacing and then none of this was really ultimately necessary. No, which is a shame because if you're going to try and give this movie the benefit of the doubt, you say, okay, you know what? The idea that Merlin is just a con man, but he's found these Transformers and they've given him some ability to trick people with this Transformers on magic. Paper, like, I don't on paper, hate it. that's a cool idea. I want to watch that movie. That is like the movie, but it's just that when it came no. on screen... No, no, it just... I mean an entire movie where we're watching a King Arthur story with Merlin oh, but gotcha, there are Transformers gotcha. instead of there's a 10 minute intro where we do some stupid crap and a dragon shows up. Gotcha. But that idea is really cool, right? Like, yeah. and, and you can picture that when they're saying where's Merlin? He's supposed to have some magic. We know in this movie the only magic that's gonna happen around is Transformers stuff, right? So we know what when they say where's your magician? We know what that implies, Right, we yeah. know that it's got to be something involving the Transformers, uh, but they immediately cut to him just being a goofball drunk, and it immediately ruins it. And, and this is what I was talking about when I said that Michael Bay thinks, "Hey, that's a funny concept, or that's a funny line. I'm going to throw it in here." He doesn't know when to put comedy in his movie, at, like at all. The jokes that he was making, you could see being something he thought was funny in a different film or something oh, like yeah. that. It, but right here, there's no need for Merlin to be the to prob- be the bumbling drunk. The problem is on the one hand we have this guy's potential friends in a dire life-threatening they are about to die situation meanwhile merlin is barely able to ride a horse and drink and this is supposed to be amusing when the thing we've established is these people are going to die without merlin's help and then later on he he shows up with whoever the guardian or whoever it is and is like oh this is a fight for our world right now and we need your help and we can't wait but you can totally wait to finish off your bottle of booze as you're trying to ride to get and have like no sense it's like no it's, it's like it's not it's they had to have shot so much of this just on the fly and just not taken any credence into how it would fit in this story. Because the moments like that, I feel like, are constant throughout the movie where a character will say one thing, then they'll preach another. And it doesn't right. feel like th- there's no sense of conflict within themselves. There's no sense of like, oh, this is just who I am. It just feels like sloppy storytelling. And it is atrocious. And I think you guys have nailed it on the head when you're like, Michael Bay thinks he's funnier than he is. Every He consistently does not get 
get comedy to land. He doesn't and, know how to use humor. Well, his humor also in general just does not seem good at all. It's no, lowest like, common it's just, denominator. It really is lowest common. It's lower than just low bar physical comedy to me because it, it's just like, oh, I'm, well, I'm drinking. Once again, like, he decides to throw in scrotum and boob jokes. Into why? This like, like, it's just because it is because it's lowest common denominator. But there is yeah. more to it than that. It's not just these jokes are not funny. I think some of this performance could be amusing in a specific context if we were not set up to think okay this is the end of this world here right the uh, stakes are set so high that we cannot laugh at what's going on with merlin and his bumblingness well we'll, we'll get to it later so i don't want to get too much into it but the jokes around the organ and the opera singing right those jokes could have landed in a different movie or with a different setup to like, me that was the closest it ever came to landing that, like, that was will, the one joke i was like okay like i that that tropes always kind of worked for me but because i just really hate everything else that's going it on it didn't really movie. work here especially that specific robot because we will right. talk about that robot we'll, we'll, we'll talk well, about it but I, I thought i thought those jokes were really clever but in this movie they don't work right right and and, and again we'll, we'll get to that later because if we yeah. jump around too much it's right just so what, what do you want to talk about next? but what, the last thing that this whole intro scene in the old knight's time sets up is that the knight's band together with these other knights to set up this sort of round table and whoever controls this this mythical staff controls this giant three-headed dragon thing isn't this like the third time we've had that exact same like story arc in to be fair every other time it's been like there's a thing that will protect the entire world in this case it's just there's a thing that will let you control this badass dragon which right. is a cool idea that's a cool idea fair enough we immediately go from that to it's the present day. Transformers are illegal, which is just an, a the funny, that's a terrible line. Okay. In <laughs> it is, but it's the, like, one thing about this movie is that they have a weird sense of continuity to it. There's there's dozens of little, like, things that are dropped to point to previous movies. Yeah. And Transformers being illegal makes a lot of sense when you think about all the terrible things that have happened to the world because of Transformers. Millions upon millions of people are dead because of Transformers. Uh, it, no. it makes millions and millions of people are dead because of Decepticons <laughs> and Transformers. Because of this Decepticons race are of transforming. Robots. No, but they're specifically Decepticons that are killing but it, people. It's just weird that they say owning a Transformer is illegal. When it's not even it, owning, it's Transformers are illegal. Yeah, it's just it's just such a weird like saying that sentence. I feel like I can't say it without laughing. Like it just like sounds so silly. Like blonde-haired I, people are illegal. Yeah, it's just it's, oh, what? That, no, but that, that's basically what they're saying and, and yeah, that's it, why it's so right. weird. Well, okay, so we go from this setup which again from the surface, giving it the benefit of the doubt, it's interesting at least that they are trying to have some sort of continuity with it, right? Because between the Shia LaBeouf movies, it definitely didn't feel like there was, right? He went to college and it didn't feel like this huge Autobot Decepticon war in the first movie had had much of an impact. So it is interesting on surface level that this is happening. Uh, and we get to see a little bit of that, bit of that of the aftermath of that in the yeah. next scene where these kids go start exploring a Chicago that is now off limits. Yeah. Well, not just, not, like it's not all of Chicago. I don't think, no, it I think, is. It, I think it's like, cause I thought it was like just this specific area where like, I guess the worst of the fighting regardless, Either, it doesn't the make main, any sense. They're no in what. a, they're in, they're trespassing in some area. 
and they're just snooping around for whatever they can find. I, just, I don't understand. Like, there seems at this point in the movie to be a lot of emphasis on the world building that's going on on him saying hey this is where we're at now and this is what everything is like and i it just felt like when we jump from one scene to another location i would just get completely lost and forget like okay wait what wait what is what's going, going on in chicago is this like a, is this like an end of the world situation like humanity like took such a huge hit the economy's collapsed that's why chicago looks so <laughs> shitty or is this like why what? Is humanity so bad that like we still have time for Polo? Like what? What's going on? Like I don't understand. That that is a very reasonable thing for going based on the trailers. Going into this movie, I really thought that the world was crumbling. Like the entire thing was was going down. We were going to see an almost post apocalyptic Transformers movie, and that was the most interesting thing about this. The, the movie also going agreed. In. Yeah. And that's not what we get. It's just there are scenes where stuff is destroyed and people are there. And it doesn't make any sense the, where this goes because we are introduced to the the little girl. Isabella and her robot. What was his name? Squeaks. Y'all remember. Squeaks. Oh, and, my gosh. And Y'all remember in the trailer when, when she was like, uh, I want to stay and I want to fight them. Remember how she also like did not stay and did not fight at all? <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, no, she is she does nothing. incredibly unimportant in this movie. She is laughably. But this is but uh, yeah. it's so strange that they chose to focus on those elements and the thing that only thing that I can think is they said, "Okay, we want to have a kid in the trailer that way kids will think they're a part of this movie so they will want to go see it." it well, no, I could totally see them seeing Logan. We need to have a cute awesome little girl. Mexican girl and put her in it like, and just not think about it being necessary at all. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what they did. And and this Squeaks character is straight up Michael Bay trying to create his own R2-D2. Like, that's all it is. It doesn't say or anything. It talks in the exact same manner as R2-D2. It's a cute little robot that kind of shuffles around wherever it goes. It is kind of cute, though. And Mm, it's a little uh, cute. Don't care. It's stupid. It needs to <laughs> it be It is gone. stupid, but it also is he, genuinely They a even cute. have their own like little C-3PO bot later on, which they reference looking like C-3PO. But this is the thing. What What is her life? She just lives in the ruins of yeah, this she lives part with of an, Chicago yeah. that is not entirely ruined. Yeah, she lives with her two yeah, little robots. That sounds about right. That sounds about this right, specific yeah. area and looks for Autobots like the one that she is living under and somehow has never noticed her? Apparently. None of this makes any no, that, sense. That Autobots noticed her. No, no that she's been like living here. Army has no, never army noticed. Has not noticed that oh, uh, her sorry. or that Autobot yes, somehow until it stands true. up for some reason. That is Which, true. Yes. Can we talk about a couple things? How well, terrible all these kids sneaking in are. Like they're just awful. Like there's no need for yeah. them. Their performances are weak. I Especially guess considering like the one kid keeps trying to flirt with her and pick her up. Stop. Then okay, it bothers me so much how much how they're able to fight against the TRF bots. Her and Squeakers, they literally do the little uh, like the rope around the at at legs. Yeah, they no, do that to one of these tank yeah. bots. Do they think that when Linux, the guy from the first two movies, the the soldier dude, shows up, are we supposed to be excited to see him? Yes. Why? Because he's been a good guy in all the previous. And ones. now he's a bad guy. No. I think he I is think hunting it's... down a child. He is a bad guy. He's With a heart of gold. He is hunting down. down a child he's and not, killing not... her robot friends. No, not one hundred percent. I I think it's 
I mean, it's not good. I mean, I'll just go uh, either way. Like it's apples and oranges, but they're both rotten apples and rotten oranges. It's bad either way. I think the only thing we're supposed to feel when he shows up, it's sort of how you felt about Owen Wilson in, in Armageddon. Like he doesn't bring anything really to the table, but <gasps> it's like, guy. oh, I recognize him. <laughs> I have spent at least six hours hanging out with this person throughout <laughs> the rest of this franchise. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I remember but you. <laughs> But this guy had no presence in those movies. Yeah. yeah. So in this one, eventually, they all the kids are cornered by the military or the TRF or whatever it's called. And Wahlberg helps them. Escape. Yeah, but then Wahlberg and Bumblebee come in. What do you guys think of exploding detachable Bumblebee? I thought it was. I thought it was creative at least. It was a cool idea. I don't care. That was if you're probably, trying to look for polish on the turd. That was okay. probably the most genuinely interesting like action set piece in terms of choreography. Because that required a lot of planning and putting together. And I never really could predict exactly what was going to happen next. But it also just opens up a lot of really stupid questions about like... Why he's uh, never why done that before. Yeah, like, what, but what? This is the bigger problem of why I can't really enjoy that. It's because it feels like Bumblebee is picking on these people. They cannot hurt him. He might as well be an adult beating up children of how effective these people are versus him. And that's not fun to watch, really. But this is the new Autobots, Rick. This is the Optimus Prime who murders people. Yeah, this is and the this... Bumblebee who picks on humans. It, I think that another way you could put it, though, is that when you have an ability like that, there just aren't stakes. Because that's no. all like a human like military could do is they could pick you apart piece by piece with explosive projectiles, you know? And when I first saw the crashed spaceship that the kids found, I thought that was like one of the spaceships from when Chicago got destroyed in the third movie. Is it not? No. No, because he's a knight. But where did it come uh, from? We don't know. They don't tell us. It's an ancient knight dude who has some knight talisman. I was going to say, like, did it not come from the battle at the end of the last movie? But that no. happened in China. So exactly. That like, did they just all start crash landing in Chicago for some reason? I mean, they, they've clearly been here for thousands of years and involved in every single major historical event that has ever happened. So, well, no, but and, and those guys were even against uh, Optimus Prime and the Autobots, like the guys in those ships. So obviously they're Decepticons. So it's like, oh, I have hey, no I have this one last you. piece. Like, no, this makes no sense, Michael Bay. Stop he it. He doesn't care. He does not care. It does not matter to him. I, yeah, I have no answers. It, it, I had asked all those same questions, and, I, and I'm only now seen... realizing that it was a knight, straight up. I was just like, okay, some random Transformer had a random medallion that's now randomly given to Marky Mark, and that makes him the chosen one. <laughs> makes so much more sense now, though. Like, you need to have, like, this awesome staff like suddenly become a part of this world not say oh we're just gonna put this in the story now because it calls because i've been doing that since movie two well no but some of some of those made sense as far no it's all no they did not (laughs) they literally went to the to egypt and pulled a random bile of dust out and that was the MacGuffin of that movie it's never made sense it's never worked it's been crap since day one it's it's a whole bunch of deus ex machina in a movie filled with machina (laughs) <laughs> literal machina that transforms into karaka and we're like five karaka. minutes into the movie at this point <laughs> yeah we're not e- no this is just five minutes into the movie oh, okay let's just skip but forward. up next yeah up next marky mark no and they're all hanging out in the no garage. up next optimus prime crash lands on his home planet he only got to saturn 
turn. Before in he the was last frozen. Movie, he's like, I'm going to go look for my masters. He didn't even get out of the solar system. And this it's is an thing. enormous galaxy. It's not like someone came and sabotaged him. Nothing like that he happened. He froze himself. He flew up into space and was so stupid that he just froze himself into space. And had the bad guys not been coming to Earth, he would have just floated out through space for the rest of time and the world would have been a better place for it. It's so no, it stupid. Have. It's unbelievably stupid. <laughs> it, 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 uh, Earth uh, is better with Optimus. He meets the main villain this time. He meets Quintessa. Uh, the sorceress bot, evil whatever lady. She is in the movie for robot like snake lady. ten seconds. She is not developed. She is not interesting. She doesn't make any sense with what has been established previously. Yeah. The only cool thing that is even vaguely involved with her is I do like that when they get to the moon and it like scrapes across the moon, it destroys the ship from the second. From the movie. second one. Yeah. That's it. She calls herself the Life Prime. Which is like, look, if we're gonna be, if we're saying that primes are like the deities of the Transformers race, Not Optimus everybody got the a... short end of the stick. One, what yes. is he the prime of? Two, Optimus. Optimus. He's the optimal prime. prime. What on, are man. the other primes we've seen in this series? The primes of three. When those guys died, did it matter? Like, did they lose their god of X? I, I don't know, dude. It's I, a mess. It's it's so dumb. lame. It's, it's dumb, it's, poorly thought out, and no one gives a crap. Yes, it's, it's really bad. And she and she whatever indoctrinates him into being evil, and now he's. But we have to talk about her because she, because she's the whole reason he turns evil now, or or whatever. In in what? my mind, that planet thing is more of an antagonist than even. Whatever she is, it is Vanessa, well, whatever Becky, Quintessa. I don't know her Quintessa. name. Quintessa, Becky, <laughs> Becky, we're calling her Becky, Becky to me now. On. Becky is hardly in the movie, so she's hardly <laughs> an antagonist. The Cybertron is a much. If there was no Becky, already we're better. Just have the planet be wanting to eat Earth. I don't. Well, I yeah, don't because the planet talks. Just, just have it do it. Just because have it do it. It's yeah, they they the prime. Apparently, Earth is also a, a transformer. A, is place. a transformer apparently? Which so why? Can't fair, they fight each other? To be fair, it has been a question for me in every movie of why does all this crap keep happening on Earth? And if there's actually a connection between Earth and Cybertron, fine. I well, think they I say that Earth is that. Unicron, which if I remember anything about the previous like Transformers movie, Unicron was supposed to be like Galactus. Yeah. Like he Unicron, was supposed to be the the world eater. And he was an actual like talking sentient. They were trying to thing. they just were trying to switch things up. That's what they were doing. That's Fun what because the big the big uh Cybertron coming to Earth, everyone was supposed to think, oh, that's Unicron. Guess what? Earth's Actually it's Earth is Unicron. Bird, yeah. bird, bird. Fun trivia. Uh Unicron has been featured in the Transformers animated movie. And Correct. I think, I think yeah. this is Unicron. Yes. And if this is the same thing, it was also the last thing that Orson Welles ever did with his life yep. was that is voice correct. act for Unicron. Yes. And I find that to be like Sad. one of the saddest Depressing. things ever. <laughs> and it's because he legit went bankrupt. Speaking of terrible things. Really sad. Um, even even still, before we get to the, them all hanging out at the junkyard, is Megatron bartering with the lawyers for his crew back. That's which, not before that. That's that's well after. 
It's it but it's really dumb. It back, but yes. Either way, we're at the is it fake Suicide the Squad <laughs> Decepticon roundup. Yeah, no, the plot synopsis on Wikipedia have... is not accurate to what okay, happens okay, in what that's order. Fine. They're reading off like rap sheets for these Decepticons during their Suicide Which, Squad if intro. If you've got Decepticons and you've said these are all terrible monsters. They're illegal. Why are you you keeping them in prison? Why are you not just killing them if they're monsters? Their rap sheet should be, you are a transformer. Therefore, you are in jail. Because they've said transformers Therefore, you're dead. (laughs) Yes. Especially these. Also, Michael Bay once again takes something he saw was cool, which was the intro splash screens for all the villains in um, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. And decides to use that for all these bad guys. It's way lamer now. Immediately after after we get introduced to these, like half of them die. All of Immediately. them. Don't all of them all die? All of them die. Oh my gosh. It's no, so, it's so stupid. And their names, like half of their names are so stupid. It's One like of them is Nitro Zeus. Nitro, Nitro Zeus and Dreadbot. Uh, I, I like, do like Nitro Zeus. It sounds like an AIM username from like middle school, like a Nitro Zeus well, no, 72. Like, XX Dark Horse XX. He is, yes. he is so close to a somewhat okay name for a Decepticon. Instead of him being Dreadbot, why not Dreadnought? There's literally Dreadbot. That is... Oh my god. It, they no, would have been so much cooler if this. it was actually spelled. Evil the next one I want is Fear Machine. These things yeah. had no effect on any any part of the plot because no. the the army comes to attack them attack uh, Mark Wahlberg along with these Decepticons. No, All no, the Decepticons no, that, that, get it destroyed. is it is before the junkyard scene because yes, these Decepticons exactly. come yeah. with them to the junkyard. Exactly. No, no, the junkyard happened. It doesn't matter. They <laughs> hired them. Anyway. Right? <sighs> It, they could be cut entirely out of this because oh, yeah. they have no effect on anything. Yes. They just exist to get their asses beat. That's it. It is so dumb. I, it, it, it is in a move in movies that have we have routinely said that robots don't fight enough. In this one, when the robots fight, it doesn't mean anything. It's like this. They it's were like hey. anything. Not from day one. No. None of it has meant anything. Should. This, this I agree. This should just be about cool robots fighting each other. But we haven't been able to see any of the fun action scenes. And the robots and haven't one, been cool because they're just big CGI creations. There's no character behind any of them. But you can have that if the if the whole feel of the movie is that it's goofy, right? Like you could have Mohawk, the fishman robot, if it's if but, the entire thing's a goofy film. Okay, when you say that, you have an instant image of a character and a thing that he would be in your head. That is more than this movie gives you. <laughs> Somehow, by giving you a visual of that being, it makes that character less than what you instantly had pop into your brain. <laughs> Rip pop filter. Oh, it's really bad. I feel like this is one of those things where this stuff could have all worked. Problem is, it's just it's just garbage. Okay. It just comes across as completely well, garbage. Every single, like, every single one of those characters, you, when they're introduced, they have their own jokes and like, oh, this is why I'm a bad guy. The movie, it just, it doesn't even meet the core requirements for, it barely is a movie. Like, there's not a lot of other ways to put it. It's hardly a story. It's not even a poorly told story. It's, I, I can't clearly define a beginning middle and end and that's clearly what it's going for it's what it's marketed as and it's it's not enjoyable at all on the lowest common denominator it is a horrible story on every metric it barely qualifies as a movie and this is a core reason for that because we spend all this time and all these all this energy and all this effort creating these splash screens for these 
robots that don't matter. Why did we do that? Did that? There's no reason. There's no reason why we did that. It's it's such an enormous mess. And even on a technical level, I think that this movie fails in a lot of respects as well. Did y'all notice the weird ass frame thing that was happening? The I aspect ratio kept changing. Did it? I thought that was weird. Wait, was what? Yeah, I, if I you felt like you were visual. jumping out randomly for random reasons, it's because the movie. I, I, oh, when we honestly, got the black bars and then head, we'd lose them again? Head cannon, the movie's not finished. That's the only explanation I can think of. <laughs> they forgot to transfer everything to the same aspect ratio well, wait, because they're incredibly care. incompetent. <laughs> like, they don't was, care. was this movie is this movie like also released in 3D? It, it, yeah. I think so. It, that might yeah. be why. That might honestly, that might be why. Where they're like, "Oh, well, this is a 3D scene, and like we filmed on a different camera to make this seem sure." But, but you still garbage. format it to look that way. The only exception is when you're seeing it in IMAX, because with an IMAX camera, it's shot at such a different ratio that you can shoot certain action scenes with the the whole frame. And Christopher Nolan has done that for the last two Dark Knights, and I believe like 30% of Inception. But the difference is. He didn't cut in between those different ratios throughout one scene. One scene will just go big, small, 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 big. <laughs> he'll shoot all of his conversation pieces on the normal aspect ratio with the cheaper cameras, and then he'll shoot the big action scenes on the IMAX camera, and it'll stay that way the whole time. It legit looks like they Michael Bay used an IMAX camera, then he used a, like an Alexa, then he used like, iPhone I don't know, an camera. FS7, and then an iPhone camera, and did not transfer any of the ratios I, and just shot compiled them all I and do forgot to change it. remember in the middle of the movie you were just like hands out this far okay now the scene changed and then bring bring your hands closer <laughs> together and you're just it was, like, it was blowing up my mind it the movie is not even professionally delivered it is not even on a creative level on a professional level it feels shoddy and that's frustrating so okay after this big fight scene that happens we lose the on two of the only characters we've set up at all, which is the black guy that was taking care of his air, his like uh, junkyard and the uh, the Autobots, and the little girl. They're gone for at least an hour, and we trade them for a, a Megan Fox knockoff and the most annoying robot in maybe any of these movies. And, and I Anthony Hopkins. And he doesn't do anything. Like he is clearly just just crapping out. Like, okay, you're giving me how much money? All right, I'll say this no, crap. No, no, no. Anthony Hopkins legitimately does a good job, even with bad roles. Like well, he still delivered his performance well with the wreck that they gave him. Yeah, he did, I, agree. I think he, that he, he did what he could. I don't think he phoned it in. But there is no amount of acting talent that could make any of this enjoyable or fun to watch. No, agree. No, no but, but but it's also but you know I'm giving not credit putting, where credits do. I'm not putting anything that I'm saying on actors in this movie. They sure. have done whatever they could. I'm sure with what they are. This is entirely the fault of Michael Bay. I'm putting this all on his shoulders. I think that one way I would put it personally is that on the one hand. There's not like a character in this movie that I would say this is the worst it's gotten. Cog Cogbot is the worst. No, the nah. twins are the worst. I By far okay, the worst. They're the racist one worst, but he is the they're most all... annoying one. I think that for even the twins screen time. I don't know. I feel like I... they're very like they're sporadic within that movie. This one just is on screen consistently for like an hour and a half. I hated Squeegee. Either way. I hated Squeegee more than Cogbot. Either way. Either way. My my takeaway is that there's 
also nothing good to even come close to balancing those things out. Even in Transformers 2, we were saying things like, hey, that that tiger robot was awesome. Like it was like everything else aside, the tiger robot was really cool. His action scenes are cool. The fight with him on Bumblebee was objectively just really cool. There's nothing I can say in this movie regarding any of these characters. I, I can't look to any one character and be like, hey, I really liked that robot. Yeah, we got the three from the last movie. But because they just feel so less pronounced and they feel less like characters in this one, I don't want to give them the same credit that we gave those in the last movie either. There's no there's no shiny nugget in this turd at all. And I feel like even in the other really bad Transformers movies, there have been little nuggets within different characters. And we haven't we don't have one here. And that to me is criminal that we don't have one good one. And that's a problem. It is. Um Sorry, go ahead, Bench. I mean, I think the the quote unquote shiny nugget in this movie is the visuals, but they're not in service of anything. Like we've said before, like we we've brought them up before. Yes, they are pretty. They don't serve the story. But you can still acknowledge that something's pretty, even though if it doesn't matter. So like yeah. three hundred, it it looked pretty to a lot of people, but it also had no substance in its visual. It doesn't matter. It does. It it does not redeem this movie in no, any way. No, I'm not saying it. No, it doesn't redeem the movie. But I I can still acknowledge that this looks a lot better than where these movies have been. I'm not gonna say it looks better. It looks to me as good as any part that was pretty in any of the other movies. Eh, I, I'll say it looks better, but that that doesn't save anything. When no, it's it not doesn't a, save anything. Professional I aspect think... ratio bullcrap going on. <laughs> I, sure. I would still say that I think there's pieces of it that are imaginative, and that's the thing that makes it come across as really sure. pretty. It's of the same, like, digital quality in terms of the 3D effects, you know? Like, they still look like real robots that are hanging out in a I, green screen world, I guess, but I think it, it, much the, like the movie, this conversation has kind of devolved. We might sure. as well just have a few more well, rants and then get to our, well, our okay. star rating. The, well, the, the next thing we we meet Vivian, who is the female lead, who again a character who doesn't need to be in it at all. Her whole point is that she's like the last survivor of the Witwicky clan, which don't even get me started. A okay, no, I got myself started. Apparently, the Witwicky clan is every famous person from history ever. Right. I, I Which, just how can she possibly that? be the last one? When, Especially like, if we already well, know no. that Sam still exists in this universe. Well, no, 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 we saw no, a picture no, of him. No, he, she, I, he's still got to be alive somewhere, right? No, I think they were trying to make the Witwicken like the... Uh, Knights Templar, where it's like something that you're yeah. indoctrinated into. It's not like an actual... No, no, wait, no, but no, no she say, is. Then she Anthony is. Hopkins was one. Yes, he was so a Witwicken. She couldn't be the last one, so she he could have no, just gone he, and gotten No, she is the step. last descendant of Merlin. That's a, okay, but who are all those other people we was talking about? Oh, are they the, supposed to all be descendants of like the Knights of the Round Table? And if that's the case, well, no, no, why they, does they, Sam they are have people. that name and that motto that they have for these people? No, the Witwicken are like the Knights Templar. You don't have to be related to anybody else in there. You can pass on and bring people that are your descendants into the Knights Templar. That is the idea of the Witwicken clan. They uh. did a really bad job at it by saying like, oh, well, Witwick, they were like, oh, it's a callback to the other movies. Like, okay, yeah, it's a really crappy callback, but it doesn't make any sense because this is a family name 
previously They're inviting stated. the comparison, which is weird. Yeah. But yeah. also, they, they do, say it, though, they do the indoctrinate John Turturro's character into the movie. Exactly. Which, holy shit, even, why is he they here They don't still? even. But, but he, they do. Like, he, no, he, no, no. He doesn't even finish the whole ceremony. Either way, they, they imply that you can be inducted in, which supports Benji's point. That's what sure. I meant by that. And it, either way, was just uh, that it's stupid. It is, it is stupid. And they go through and, lit- and they just... Flash a, a quick picture of every famous person from history. What, what every was the girl's name again? Vivi- Vivian. 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 I, I'll be honest. I didn't really hate Vivian. Like, she's she's not like uh, she's not like an awful character to me. But she's just not, like she's part of the worst, course. But she follows the same thread of every woman that's that plays a major role in a Michael Bay movie has eh, to she's be better. supermodel hot. She well she she is supermodel she's hot. But they're they're not playing her off the way that they're playing off Megan Fox as purely a sex icon. No, wait, they totally are. They did the same thing with her. She's not very important until she has to do one thing in the climax, and then she's not very important. She's not a real character. She's just there to, like, oh, I see Mark Wahlberg's abs. I like him now. But there's not a moment, like, she's literally, like, curved over the motorcycle, polishing it, or following her half-naked up the stairs at the beginning of Transformers 3. They they the, do there, a better job at respecting her and treating her like a real person. They did not. They, they, they absolutely did a better on job. Her 180 on Mark Wahlberg based entirely on his physical appearance. That is unacceptable. That is sexist as hell. Like, no. They, they don't, just they as bad as anyone else. They treat the character else. just as poorly, but what they don't do is the same eye candy camera shot. There's, no, there's not the male saying. gaze scenario, and uh, well, to me, it's a huge her, step up. It hovers on, like, close-ups, basically, of her boobs, and the, her bra it is does. sticking out of it it on multiple it's, occasions. It's not as egregious as previously. Michael Bay doesn't know how I, to I have female not, characters. I he doesn't know how to have characters, but specifically, he doesn't know how to have female characters. I did not... Well, agreed. But I did not get nearly the same vibe of, wow, Michael Bay really does not understand and potentially hates women as I did in previous films. Absolutely not even close. Did. My point is that she doesn't need to be in this at all. She She's like she's like the little Hispanic girl, worse. Isabella. She's way worse to me. She she Neither of them need to be in here. They both serve. The point for both of them is so small that could have been filled by... Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg or any other character. They could have just said, hey, you know why this coin is suddenly attached to your skin? It's because you're the last descendant of Merlin. Here you go. Here's the But Vivian, Vivian at least got written in that way, whereas the girl isn't even written in. She just shows up. Like, that's the difference. That Disappears she- and then comes back to... I guess she does do like a blow up a thing with the help of her little baby. No, she goes stupid. Go do the thing. She does not stay and she does not fight them. Which is her only big line. Oh my gosh. Nonsense. So they, okay, so they have their little expository. You're the last It takes for freaking ever. It is easily 20 minutes of Anthony Hopkins just talking and talking and talking. It gets to the point where you really do want a joke to break this up, but Cogsworth's whatever stupid His, joke is oh my so gosh. dumb. His jokes are terrible. It's awful. Every part of this is terrible because we can't care about any of this because it doesn't make any freaking sense. And this is where we get that organ scene where Anthony Hopkins is telling us pieces of information that we're supposed to feel are important to the plot. So the music's booming behind it. And then we find out that it's just a joke. And And honestly, where that could have been a funny gag in a different movie 
here it feels like a slap in the face like ah why do you even care about this plot stuff <laughs> this is all a joke right that gag should have been behind if the music was swelling behind something that wasn't important but this is stuff that we're supposed to care about if we're supposed to go along with the plot of this movie i think that it's more of an issue of just comedic timing in general because yeah. it, it just sure it, because honestly the more important the exposition is, the more that should surprise you because you're more immersed by that by that data dump. But because it feels like a data dump, it's not enjoyable when it's broken because you're reminded, wow, we've been doing exposition what for a long that? time and, and we're jumping back time, into it. And, and then and they immediately repeat the gag with a more like explosively comedic like he's doing female opera singer it's just stupid like it's there's not yeah. a sense of actual just timing and well, what what would be funny there in a better movie with better comedy this would have landed but this is, movie is just so Any, bad anything that, in this movie can work I mean, the idea of having your guy be, you know, King Transformered Merlin guy, that sounds pretty cool. You give a guy a staff that can control a three-headed robot dragon, that sounds like an awesome movie to me. Nothing about this movie is inherently flawed in and of itself. It's just the execution is unmentionably poor. Nothing yeah. about that execution well, works. No, if you cut this scene and put it in a better movie... This no. scene work. Nothing in this movie can be salvaged. This scene would not work because the scene does not work. You can't put a better movie around a bad scene and make that bad scene work. That's fair. I, I mean, I agree. Like you, you say that this could work in a different movie, and I think that the individual gags could work, but they'd have to be written a little better, timed a little better in a different movie. I agree that aspects of it could work. But again, I hate this Cogsworth character, whatever his name is, Cogbot. And then all of a sudden he's like, a psychopath as well and there's no need there's no for he it. has no character he is just whatever michael bay happened to think would be funny in that scene yeah with an english accent for some reason we get more exposition and more exposition and then all of a sudden the bad guys are showing up and they have to leave but that doesn't even resolve into a fight our french bot is literally like don't worry i'll stop time around them and we'll just leave Who there's no anything besides poke his head in through a window to say hey i exist remember that for later when i stop time no that i mean okay well no he he was the car that abducted vivian sure oh, okay, that was him okay yeah, yeah. but it, either way but still. again i mean it, it's it's a whole litany this this again is another character that we didn't need in a movie that just threw just a handful of brand new characters that serve no point in general i agree with that consensus and the reason why i am on that camp is because there was a point in the movie where i got to be interested in it again and it's when you can see in the sky that cybertron is starting to like eat the moon or whatever and you sort of get this apocalyptic sense that something really big is about to happen and that's the only very small portion of the movie where I'm like okay like stakes are starting to be established like it, this feels like a different movie like up to this point it felt like an espionage like globe trotting adventure and now it's starting to get this foreboding sense of alright something big's about to happen and I, I think the reason why I am in your camp now Josh is because that feels of a completely different piece with everything that preceded it, which is about two hours of movie. Yeah. And it, it, everything in those two hours is just really sloppy. It's also just cut together so quickly. Like there is no breathing room between conversations. There's no transitions. It's just 
Bam, 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 bam. Plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point. Exposition, 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 exposition. Character development that we don't care about because it's bad character development. Flashbacks that just seem silly and pointless that don't call back to anything really significant later. Or we call back to it immediately to solve a problem. Then why was there a problem to begin with? It just is horribly paced. And uh, I that's going to be my consensus, like, right up until we get to the climax because I mean, everything feels like that. Is there anything to say about the climax that we haven't said about other Michael Bay movies before? It's too long. It isn't particularly interesting. There's parts of it maybe that are okay, but it doesn't make up for the whole of a hour-long climax that ultimately is not that interesting. I, mean, I would say that of the chapters that this movie is divided into, the climax is the most enjoyable part. There's there's still so much that happens in the movie, though. Like this is This is about two hours in, and there's just still so much that happens. They, they still have to go to the seen, bottom of the ocean. We yeah, they, oh they have to go gosh, to the bottom right. of the ocean. We still oh haven't seen God. Optimus for about an hour at this point. Like we, the last time we saw him was an hour ago, and he was being indoctrinated but by Quintessa. Do we need? Do we honestly need to talk about it? It's just more of the same that we've been saying this whole time. The only thing I can think of that I really have anything new to say about is the fight between Optimus and Bumblebee, and that's pretty much it. They're not getting off the hook that easy, Rick. We're just going to be repeating ourselves at this point. Generally speaking, sure, but there are specific things that bother me that are small. Fire them, rapid fire, bam. Vivian and them, they figure out, okay, we got to go to the bottom of the sea for this staff or whatever. She goes and roots through her dad's stuff and figures it out. They go and get in the sub. We find out later the sub transformed and got itself in the water. Why wouldn't you show the sub transform? Yeah, that was lame. We don't see that from the inside or the out. You could even show the inside shift around a bit. But they don't. Cogbot goes out and and torpedoes himself out of the ship. Catches two fish, Which, comes back, again, this is small prepares stuff, a romantic dinner, <laughs> and makes sushi. But he is somehow, for some reason, like not wanting them to be romantically interested right, in each other. Like except he's for constantly now. trying to keep them apart. Which, again, this is super small stuff in the grand scheme of how bad this movie was, but it's still stuff that bothered me. Why did he get two whole tuna for like a plate of sushi? For <laughs> because he had two hands, Josh. That's stupid. No, I That's a good answer. It bothered me. It bothered me. Because so that he can have the joke of like having to kick them. The whole romance between them is forced and is awful. I mean, it has to happen organically it's if just, you want it to happen. It's just because she's a hot female lead and Marky Mark's a hot male lead. I know, but at the end of it, we don't even see them like, oh, now they're like romantically involved. It's literally just they have a kiss later when on. When Shia movie. LaBeouf and Megan Fox's romance in the first two Transformers. It's somehow better. Than this better one. than that, you have failed utterly at storytelling. It's so bad. Okay, I'll say this. I it, liked it's the better set than the piece. third one. I liked the set piece under the ocean. I liked it better when it was in the last movie. Factual. The exact same set. Pretty much. True. I think they're like, well, they're not even the same design ship. Well, yeah, no, but it's the, it's still the same the idea. Inside of, like, of it sure as heck is. Like, oh, a really big metal ship that we have to kind of That's all weave ships. our way through. No, human or <laughs> no, this ship is the exact same set that they used last time for a different ship. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, like a it, wide it open space and something that we shouldn't have air or like. It, Especially for robots that don't freaking need that. Yeah. Like we well, showed they, Bumblebee being dragged through the ocean as if it was no big deal. They get the staff. The ship rises to the top. We get to the Optimus and Bumblebee fight, which is the, that's a cool fight. It's an I okay hate that fight. Optimus is the bad guy, but it's a cool fight. Honestly, that part is okay. Like that's that's fine. You can make Optimus the bad guy. You can't have him gone for the first 
two thirds of the movie. You, drop him it, in and be like, yeah. "Oh, you're going to be emotional when this happens." You also can't have Bumblebee not have been an actual character after the first movie, just to be something that spouts sound bites to be funny and expect me to give a crap when you give him a voice at the end of this. Which, Why again, does he get? He the gives voice? his voice back because of the power of love, or what? Why does he suddenly get? He when, literally we, ripped he out his voice box. Ripped out his own voice box early on. And it, it's like, it when, when, did the no repair, when did the repair scene happen? It didn't where he happen. Got his, exactly. He just suddenly gets his voice back to, because he loves Optimus so much. And that's what does it. That's what changes the super magic tech rewrite that he got where he got his hard drive reformatted by Becky. And now Optimus is a good guy again. Talk yeah, about the I, yeah. most unsatisfying way to resolve that conflict. Got like, that was like slaps stupid. him and, and possesses was, him. And she's like, it, I sure hope. Bumblebee can't I talk genuinely would have liked it more if Bumblebee like threw him and just Optimus hit his head and got robot amnesia if, to if, combat if his Bumblebee robot had dementia. Done the same thing though, right? Because like Goddess Bot, whatever her name is, slaps him and possesses him. Well, I wanted Bumblebee to pin him down and then just give him a good old slap across the and face. Yeah. And I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna get out of him. I'm gonna of call it right now. Somehow Megatron has been possessed and or controlled by Quintessa. Sure, he's got because he's got the red. Face, he's yeah. got the red yeah. thing that ran randomly decided to show up in this that movie. That would be giving Michael Bay too much credit at this no, point, No, it wouldn't, I think. unfortunately. <laughs> no, unfortunately. They set it up for more sequels somehow. I and, thought and this so, was going to so, be the last yeah, one. Yeah, and Megatron but. somehow escapes without, yeah, Megatron without a gets care. A, um, why does he find... not have the... Why can't Megatron do the Transformium stuff anymore? Wasn't that a thing in the last movie? Uh, the all just random question. or whatever. I don't know. Is it, Wait, that was Galvatron, not Megatron. But I they're that the was same, aren't they? I thought they said Galvatron is Megatron. Yes. Yeah, that got retconned. I think that Ga Megatron is his own thing. Galvatron is a thing that is based off of Megatron. So Galvatron, quote unquote, is Megatron. But I think that they are two still separate robots. I don't freaking know. It doesn't need to make sense because it's Michael Bay and he doesn't care. The seven knights, come, or the sorry, the 12 knights, which we only ever see five of them at a given time, come and decide they need to execute Optimus Prime for losing the staff. And that's when we find out then Mark that Marky Mark Wahlberg is the last knight all yeah. along. And he has a tiny human. ass sword that can stop the big ass sword. Yes. And that's what he was born for. And how like every single attack that Optimus Prime and Bumblebee had like barely missed him. Like throughout the that entire fight scene, that my, Mark Wahlberg was there like the entire fight scene between the two of them. It's just like, what? How is this? He has an egregious missing? amount of plot armor. That's yes. what it is. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's silly. It's, I've never agreed with Rick's point that having invincible characters is just terrible for your movie more than I did in this one. I heard I've never agreed with Rick on this point, and my brain turned off. Sorry. No, as much as I did in <laughs> surprise, this surprise, surprise. It, well, it's. It's part of the fun, I feel like, in something like The Fast and the Furious. Right. Like, you know, they're like, this they're basically the superheroes. But that's not what they're going for here. They're going for, no, this is actually intense. And it's just not it, it, because it's so ludicrous and unbelievable. And when I, I mean, the rest of the climax happens, right? Like, the. I, I genuinely don't hate it. The rest of the climax. Transformer Planet comes. It's, it's way too long. It, it is, is, but again, it's an interesting set piece having like these floating sure. island pieces of their home planet crashing into Earth. Sure, but in a like, movie where it had nothing going for it up to this point, the fact that this just felt like a new experience to me gave me something. And I was like, all right, this me, is kind of cool. Like, I've never seen really something quite like I this. I was mad that that cool idea got ruined by the rest of this movie. True. It reminded me of the set piece, of the cool set pieces from Avatar with all the floating islands. Isabella and Squeegee 
somehow sneak their way on and squeegee takes out the gun which again is because he's small and ugly and nobody will care about it's not bright blue like what and it's not clear why that gun in particular matters when there are dozens of guns everywhere around but somehow that's the gun that matters so they can get escaped it was the decepticon arm that she attached to him after he lost his arm no not that the gun that he's blowing up it's because it's because uh protagonist all the other ones are attacking him it's because white McPertagatisterson was all like, oh, we gotta take out that gun. That's all we get. It's like, oh, if we don't take out that gun, we can't do it. So we're just sort of expected to roll with that. And it's just it, not satisfying again, because there's it, not a strong sense of space here to really sell that. It's a cool concept that could have been done well, but because they felt the need to shove all these unnecessary characters in it and all the other reasons we've already gone over, it just gets bogged down and it doesn't let itself be cool because it has. It feels like it has to give each of these characters they've shoved in their own little bit of screen time in the climax and you're never able to get a sense of anyone doing anything really awesome. The only scene in the movie which occurs during this climax I think has any even remote sense of nuance to the choreography or the action is the very last set piece where they're in that room that's flipping upside down and stuff because you need a sense of space to even understand what's happening and I did understand what was happening and I felt like it was cool. It was another thing that I hadn't seen before but the problem is that the micro moments the small moments within that aren't cool. It's just a camera spinning around on its yeah. z-axis at the end of the day it's like yeah like that that's that's a fun idea i'm glad that they tried to roll with that but they didn't build anything on top of that foundation to really sell it and make it interesting well it's an interesting idea but you also like i didn't come away with it with any sense of what the wind conditions were right because uh yeah it's vivian, like she gets the staff, vivian grabbed what? the staff and also nothing happened when she grabbed it yeah and then she had to grab it more and pull it out or something and uh, also sorceress bot had this staff the whole time but for some reason couldn't control the dragon bot that was going around killing all of her her dudes and it's like nothing's consistent we don't know what the final end game is other than eventually optimus prime is going to slice everybody up with his sword and then Sting like a bee. Oh my god! Stupid! It, oh my god! Those those lines. <laughs> Say line hello is- to my friend. <laughs> Which, he only left the word little out because he would have gotten sued for putting it in. I couldn't handle that that many stupid one-liners in a row, which is two. Right. <laughs> so, that is two too many. Two within 60 and then seconds. And we get, we get the standard Optimus Prime says, hey, you know, I call this place home. Which... Michael Bay doesn't know how to end a movie because it goes directly from here's our final fight to the ship is crash landing and we see Optimus Prime barely escape the falling ship to immediately cut to his silhouette and little like calling all Autobots monologue. Yeah, come here again. Sure. And that's it. And that's the end of the movie. Like he doesn't know how to. We don't get any sense for where our characters are, which again doesn't matter in this because it's all already a piece of trash but if he's trying to play it off as something that matters we should see what happens to Cade and Vivian and our little but Isabella but we would have needed them to have an actual goal beyond what would just like save the world but we don't because they aren't characters no, 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 no. But, but we should have because it was played up for all of them that they didn't have a family right sure we, he well kind he, of no, ish no, no, no. barely Is, Vivian was single and her, her mom's friends were all getting on to her about it Cade they made several jokes about oh 
how long has it been since you got some, Cade? <laughs> but there's no relationship between any of these people. No, but I'm saying that that shouldn't matter for Michael Bay. It goes back well, to if you're if he's trying to make a film and trying to put in the bare minimum for it, we should have gotten something. We should have we should have gotten. And I'm not saying that I wished it had been there because I didn't need this movie to be longer at all. But we should have gotten another really crappy scene that tries to tie all of them in together. For me, whatever it takes to make the movie better at this point. Like, this movie's so far down that, like, (laughs) whatever it takes to improve the movie in any way. And if that includes adding that family element, honestly, it seems like we have a great foundation for that. It just sold horribly. I never thought about it until this moment. I feel like you have to reach to even see the glimpse of maybe they were trying to do that for all of our characters because it definitely makes sense with Isabella, I think. What? Uh, yeah, she, uh, she, she mentions definitely mentions that, that she doesn't have a family and that Kate is now her new family. But yeah, Kate, like, doesn't like, he literally say welcome to the family yes, to her at does. some point? Yeah. Yeah. But the theming of the movie, the theming around that with the rest of the movie and the events that transpire in the movie don't support that. And it would have been better if they had. And that would have really done wonders to make the movie improved in my eyes. It would have given all of our characters something that made it more relatable. It would have given the action sequences and set point set pieces something that would have felt more important to us personally as members of the audience. It, it would have it would have been a huge improvement, I think. Oh, I just want to say something about Isabella. If I was Squeaks, every single time she like broke down and started crying and she saying cried that a Canopy lot. was her only family member that died, like was <laughs> hey, there, screw you I would have here too. If I was Squeaks, I would have walked up and like, what the hell am I? Chopped liver? <laughs> like what am I? <laughs> You're small and ugly. No one notices you, Squeaks. Boy. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I mean, like, they have. Uh. I've literally been through thick and thin with you. Thanks. Thanks. And Canopy was your last family member. Okay. Wow. I see. You I finally see. have a new family now that you found some humans. That's cool. Anyway, Let's I'm ready in. to get into final thoughts. Do you oh, all mind if I man. go? Go sure, right ahead, dude. Josh. Just, just start away. Okay. <laughs> when I rate movies, I give it a rating based on how entertaining it was. In the past, with some movies that I wasn't entertained by, I could at least say, you know what? I can see why this is quality, even though it's not my taste. I'll give it a lower score, but at least try and give it some props, right? The original Ghost in the Shell is an example. It's not my personal taste, but I can see why it has had the impact that it did. And so I tried to, you know, I gave it some points because of that. This movie is not entertaining at all at any point in the movie. It gets no points for trying to be a film. My favorite part was the two jokes in the entire film that I chuckled a little bit at. I don't remember where those were. They were somewhere towards the beginning. I just wrote down, heh, two jokes that are funny. So if you can find them later when you watch it, please don't watch it. Uh, then props to you. My least favorite part of the film. Okay, there, there's so many broad things, right? Like I could say these characters or these specific lines of dialogue, but I'm just going to go with a scene that kind of sums it up, which is when Mark Wahlberg escapes a crumbling building by jumping from small TIE fighter drone to TIE fighter drone. Ugh. That just kind of sums up the attitude that Michael Bay has for filmmaking in general, which is he saw something he thought was cool, turns it around and just makes it terrible because he doesn't know how to use the different tools tools in filmmaking. This might be the first film that gets this low of a score from me, but I'm giving it a zero out of five product placement Bud Lights. Well, I guess I, I just talked, so I guess I figured it <laughs> Go for it, Chris. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty atrocious. 
astounded by how bad it was overall. And I've pointed out some little things. I'm like, hey, like this wasn't the worst, but there's also nothing good in it. There's a couple things that are passable, but it's drowning under things that are definitely not. My favorite thing about the movie is... Uh, honestly, I thought I do think that the climax is fairly imaginative, and I, I give whoever came up with the concept of that, Michael Bay or otherwise, props for that. My least favorite thing about the movie is, the, I guess, the script. Uh, I'm just, I'm just picking something. Uh, uh, the, actually, the aspirate ratio thing really pissed me off. I, I could not believe that got put into theaters it, it 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 that might be such a technical thing most people don't notice but i think that subconsciously everyone will notice it because it just makes the movie feel weird and it, it's it's just not even professional it's stupid i can't believe that happened i'm uh, i'm gonna can i give it an incomplete uh, <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, Come on, right. give it a score uh, zero i guess it, it's just I, I feel like I'd have to compromise to give it a half star. As a basic story, as a basic movie, it doesn't fulfill the requirements to be called a film to me. It, it really does feel completely lackluster. Some of the performances are still fine, but uh, I don't know. It's really bad. Does this go on your list of worst movies ever watched? I wouldn't say that. Like, I... Because it, it... You thought that this movie was better yeah, than... Yeah, actually, it really Wolverine does. Origins? No, man, no, no, they're both so horrible. I, they're horrible in different ways. They are. Like, that's... At least Wolverine Origins is a story. Yeah, at, Origins is a story. The problem with that is that everything else it's in Origins was story. terrible to me. Like, it was... <laughs> Origins actually pissed me off more than this movie did. But this movie not only actively bored me, it felt like I literally was given something that was not finished. And that pisses me off That's that fair. really makes me angry and i i'm just infuriated by it so yeah, i guess it does it really does go on my list of worst movies that i've ever seen um good it should be so anyway benj what are your thoughts my favorite thing about this movie was some of the visuals were really good i think michael mm -hmm. bay has a really yeah. good eye for big set pieces that's all I can really say about that. As far as the worst things about this movie, the fact that Sir Anthony Hopkins decided to sign on to this and taint his oh, resume man. with this movie. Maybe he just needed one final paycheck and he's like, I'm retired. Did the whole Sean Connery and uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen thing. But uh, <laughs> as far as a rating, anybody that sees this movie will be dumber because of it. I award this movie no stars and may God have mercy on Michael Bay's soul. Wow. Wow, we're three for four so far. I wonder if uh, Rick's going to give us more points than us. Is there going to be a plot twist? <laughs> Rick is in a, five, a soft five. It How a scenarian do you need to be, Rick? Zero. A soft zero. Go ahead, Rick. My favorite thing about this movie is there are a couple of shots that I looked at and I said, oh, that's pretty. My least favorite thing about this movie is that stupid British robot. <laughs> I don't, maybe it's not the worst thing in the movie, but it's my worst thing in the movie. This movie is, is abysmal. There's, there's no quality here. There's nothing here that is worthwhile. There's nothing here that should not shame the artists who were a part of it. Even if your individual work was something of quality, the hole that it created was something that should not be. 
this movie should not make money. There should be no more. Michael Bay should never make another movie again. This movie gets a zero out of zero. It has earned it. It has earned four zero out of zeros. I think this is the first time we've all we've given been, it the exact we've same been rating. So negatively consistent. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> but you know where we've all been consistently positive is in the quality of our podcast. Oh, amen to that. Five out of five stars. Absolutely. You can find more of our podcasts at opinionatedpodcast.com. Additionally, we're on the socials at OpinionCast on Twitter, as well as OpinionatedPodcast on Facebook. Feel free to reach out to us through email at opinionatedmoviereviews at gmail.com. And on our website, we'll usually have polls along with each of our posts. Feel free to vote in those or get in contact with us through any of the socials. We always love hearing from you guys. Uh, if you get a chance, please leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us out. Reach out to new listeners, uh, and we always appreciate that. Uh, and until next time, guys, we're opinionated. Thanks for listening. But you know where we've been negatively pod- positive? What? <laughs> <laughs> negatively positive. I don't, hold on. You're going to have to wait, wait, wait. put it down <laughs> and play it back. Okay. <laughs> this is getting cut. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it, shut it, up. It definitely is. <laughs>